Hello, is this thing on? Do you think they can hear us? Nah, let's say it again. Hi, and welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, an unfiltered discussion related to health and healthcare. My name is Amy. And my name is Sarah. And we are your podcast hosts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or any other podcast listening platform, don't forget to subscribe so you can get updates to when we have our latest episodes. Also, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you like what you're hearing and you love our advocacy work, don't forget to go to www.grittynurse.com and click on the donate button. As little as $1 or $2 a month for a total of $12 a year will help us with our monthly podcast costs such as website hosting, our hosting platform, audio equipment, and the time and energy it takes us to put out good quality episodes. We thank you and we appreciate you. Hi and welcome everyone. I We have a really great guest. She's been a really great friend of ours, nursing advocate, so strong. I mean, she's been through a lot of shit, but you know what? She's a fellow podcaster, uncensored, nursing uncensored. Like she is another leader, another champion, and I can't wait for Sarah to introduce her today. I'm equally excited to have you, Adrian, because I think we've been talking since like last year. I think it was like the end of the year about how we were going to go on each other's podcasts and we recorded with you and we've done a couple roundtable uh, videos with other nurse podcasters, but finally you're here and you're yeah. going to come on our podcast. So I would like to introduce Adrian. She is a med surge float pool nurse. Prior to this, she worked as a night shift pulmonary step down and palliative care nurse for five years after becoming an RN in 2016. Adrian attended community college where she earned her ADN. She started working soon after passing NCLEX and entered an RN BSN program at the same time. She completed her BSN through the University of Iowa College of Nursing in December 2018. Before becoming a nurse, she was a CNA for 11 years. Adrian also has a podcast that she started in 2017 called Nursing Uncensored. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you. I'm really excited to officially talk to you on your show. We talk all the time anyway, so this just feels like a natural extension of the conversations that we have anyway. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we uh, we get to do this get to do this officially on the Gritty Nurse podcast. So I'm I'm excited to do this. Yeah, I feel like we have a lot in common, even though we live in different countries and we've worked in different areas, and you know we face different but very similar challenges. I'm just wondering if we could start by you telling everyone how you got into nursing. Yeah, so it's actually an interesting story because I did not, you know, people usually either have a story of like, you know, I grew up wanting to be a nurse, you know, my mom was a nurse, my aunt was a nurse, I didn't have that. And I didn't have the story of like, I had someone that I love fall sick and I saw how amazing nurses were. That's another really common story. I became a nurse kind of by accident. Um, I found myself in my early 20s uh, by circumstance and happenings uh, of that time. I found myself unemployed and I had a friend who was doing home care for disabled adults in the area that we lived in. And she was like, you know something? 
you would be really good at home care. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm cut out for it. And she was like, no, trust me, you'd be great at it. You'd get along with these people really well. You're a natural caretaker. So I got a job uh, with a company that um, provided uh, lay health care in the community, um, you know, people with various uh, ranges of mental, emotional, and physical uh, disabilities were living in the community. This company got them together in like, you know, three, four people that had complementary uh, personalities, got them together, put them in like townhouses, helped them find apartments. And then they would have staff uh, come into their homes, uh, whether they needed few hours a day, many hours a day, or 24-hour care, and we all got to be kind of like, you know, there were professional boundaries, but we all kind of got to be like friends. You know, like the staff were friends with each other, um, our, the individuals we took care of kind of all knew each other. It was like a big community, and I got to work at a lot of different homes that this company uh, staffed for, and so I did that for a number of years and really loved it, and I would work 20-hour shifts. I would, you know, uh, go and pick these individuals up from their day programs, from school, wherever they were spending their time during business hours, take them home, help them do activities of daily living, recreation, help them with personal cares, help them get ready for bed. I would sleep there on site uh, and then would help them get up, get ready in the morning and do activities of daily living, get them, you know, out to the bus or take them to work or their day program or whatever. That was my 20 hour shift. And I found myself working like 90 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeez. that was how, I mean, that was how I got used to working with patients with spinal cord injury and muscular dystrophy and various different, um, you know, seizure disorders and autism and all these different things that kind of became normal things for me. Like these were the people that I spent my time with and learned how to care for and learned and like actually not just like provided care for, but cared about. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. It was, it was a great job. It was one that was really exhausting. I'm glad I was in my early twenties. Uh, <laughs> Cause you know, I was like sleeping on couches and, you know, not going home for a couple days at a time. And um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, time passed and I got a job in a hospital because I had, I don't know, uh, experience with like Hoyer lifts and, you know, taking care of basic CNA work and, you know, med passes and things like that. And then uh, someone was like, yeah, you're a natural CNA. Why don't you think about nursing school? And I was like, Maybe I should go to nursing school. And then the whole nursing school story is like a whole other saga in and of itself. But yeah, so I went from someone saying like, hey, you should come do home care to working in a hospital to, you know, struggling my way through nursing school and then becoming a nurse. So it's a long mm -hmm. story, but it's an interesting story because it was all kind of like one random friend being like, you'd be really good at this. And she was right. She like changed the entire direction of my life. Um, because before that I was like selling insurance. 
Oh, wow. I, I did not know this about you. Working in a call center. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if you're still doing that today? No. Working mm, in a call center? No. No. Mm. I have one random question, though. When yeah. you were doing the 20-hour shifts, did you get paid the same at night or was it, like, less? So the particular company that I worked for at the time, the, sh- the rate was the same because it wasn't very much. Um, but for a lot of companies, they do pay you like a lesser rate when it's quote unquote sleep hours. But truth Mm -hmm. be told for a lot of those nights, I wasn't sleeping, you know, or if I was sleeping, I was only sleeping a few hours. And that was kind of how I started making the deep slide to night shift because, you know, my folks that I, that I, uh, my people that I, you know, help take care of. They were on some medications that made them sleep pretty soundly for pretty long periods of time just because they were so tired. You know, they went to their day programs, they had pretty rigorous days, and then they came home and they slept hard. So during those Mm -hmm. hours, you know, I would, even though they, you know, did their ADLs and their chores and stuff, they had goals that they would keep. So they're doing, you know, dishes and, you know, keeping their own apartments clean. But then I would go back over things just to make sure that everything was done properly. So, you know, I'm cleaning the house and documenting and, you know, doing care plans and things like that. So I was still up kind of late and, you know, then I'd read, watch TV and sleep a few hours. So that's, I think that's how I started becoming uh, the nocturnal creature that I am today. So, but no, the, the wage was the same. <laughs> oh no, too bad. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that if I was, I think if I was in your position, I'd probably end up doing the same thing. And I don't, and I don't know if that's maybe my personality that I'd be like feeling a little bit bizarre to sleep in someone else's environment. And then yeah. knowing that I'm still caring for them, but yeah, like I'm kind of a night owl too um nights were the best like that's a whole that that could be like a whole other podcast I was like because nights was like where like you knew management wasn't going to be around you knew that you can get away with some crazy drama night shift was like the place I mean I know there were nights that you know that was back when I had like the um the Nokia phone where like in order to text you had to like hit the button oh my goodness the t9 I could never get the I could never get the hang of it let me tell you I could text like rapid fire so I was probably like texting for most of the night you know texting with like the other caretakers that are at like the apartment building across the courtyard and stuff we were all kind of friends um so yeah that was and you know there was no there was no video or photo sending back then you know it was really basic i bet anyone listening that's of a certain age like in their 20s they won't even know what we're talking they're about they're probably like what did but, you do like you just sat there like in a room with like like no, there was no youtube and there yeah, was no netflix no uh-uh. no nope. and um you know if i worked at other uh, apartments or you know other locations you know there were residents that would stay up later and you know were working instead of in school like one of the individuals I cared for was in high school still so it just depended on where I was and what I was doing right, and right. you know what it was like but but it was uh thinking I haven't thought about that job in a long time but there were some there were some fun times you know so it wasn't just a job like it was actually kind of 
enjoyable. Like I enjoyed the people that I worked with, you know? Right. Well, that's a, that's like an excellent first start. Right. I mean, you're right. Most times people have those traditional, like, you know, my mom is a nurse or whatever, like that, like you said. And I mean, I think that's still like a really, really cool way to kind of get into the profession. So yeah, I, I, that was a great story. So that technically wasn't my first healthcare job. So my first job was actually, uh, well, my first healthcare job was when I first moved um, to, I, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, moved right. to Iowa, and I actually worked in a women's healthcare clinic when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in between, you know, that was before like the insurance job and like, you know, pulling away from um, that. But yeah, I worked in a women's healthcare clinic um, from the time I was 18 till I was in my very early 20s. And um, we did well woman gynecology, abortion services, school physicals, education. So, you know, I did everything from, um, you know, front desk work to, uh, you know, doing sex toy workshops. <laughs> there was all sorts of interesting sorts of stuff that we did. Progressive. Um, yeah. And this, and this was workshops. me coming straight from Roman Catholic high school in the Chicago suburbs. So um, I'm sure my mom had at least 15 heart attacks that year. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was my introduction. But then, you know, I quit that job because I wanted to move on to a little bit better pay and um, you know, I was new to the city and I wanted to try other things. And then I went on a series of other jobs, but then of course, but that was like before I thought about healthcare or being a nurse or, you know, that, that to me didn't register as like, right, I belong right. in healthcare. Um, but that was my, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager, I'm an activist, I'm a punk, like that, that whole kind of, <laughs> so yeah, but that was oh, the you're... first healthcare job. All right. We're, we're definitely going to circle back to that. Okay. But before we do, just a couple more like little personal questions sure, if you sure, don't mind. Sure. So like you're a fellow podcaster. So tell us a little bit about Nursing Uncensored and why you decided to get into podcasting. Yeah. So um, I actually, when I was in nursing school, I listened to a lot of podcasts myself. And one of the podcasts that I loved the most um, can, I don't know if I should say the name of the podcast, but um, I listened to a podcast on my way to and from uh, classes. And the first podcast that I really dug into and loved listening to was called Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve. And you're nodding your head. Yeah, heard I've heard of, of it. Yeah, before? yeah. Yeah. So I was listening to it. Um, this was circa like 24. So I graduated in 2016 and I did a two-year program. So like 2014, I started listening to Weird Medicine. And for those of you that have heard it before, it started, I believe, and I might get this wrong, it started as like a Sirius XM radio show. And so it really was uncensored. Like they talked about, but they were like even more off the rails than I was. And um, I was, when I was listening, and again, I don't know how it started, but they would take calls on like voicemail or answering machine. And this guy, Dr. Steve, and he had, you know, like an osteopathic doctor and who I believe is still on the show and a friend of his who I think has since passed away and, you know, some other folks that would come on the show and they would answer these questions that like people are scared to take to their doctor or are afraid to ask or don't want to Google because God knows what will come up in the browser window. And so it's a lot of questions that are like about 
areas of the body that people are scared to talk about or about bodily functions that people are scared to talk about. And some of it is kind of crass. You know, it's not the kind of thing you want to listen to in the car with your parents in the back seat. Um, but then I caught myself like in class and the teacher would ask a question and I would be like, oh, my God, Dr. Steve talked about that. I know the answer to this. And I'd raise <laughs> my hand and I'd be like, well, there's a ligament that runs from here to here and it helps the penis stand up. And they'd be like, how the hell do you know that? And I'd be like, well, I heard it on Dr. Steve. They were talking about the ligament that makes the penis stand up when it's erect. And I don't know how I know that. And then I was like, wow, this is this is a great way to learn. And I'm remembering it because it's funny and it's dirty. And like, so I started learning all this random stuff. And um, I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a nursing show like this where we could talk about the stuff that's not quite academic it's maybe a little off the rails for like classroom talk but it's still stuff you need to know because people have these parts of their bodies and these right, questions right. my show has kind of gotten away from that a little bit i keep you know swinging back and forth between like interview q a stuff and then going back to talking about stuff that makes you blush but that was the inspiration for it that's really cool. That so yeah. This is kind of funny because like my next question kind of kind of leads to that. So like, um, you know, you've been able to connect with a variety of different people. Who who would you say that you look up to? Would it would it still be Doctor C, or is there someone else that still inspires you to do what you do? You know, okay. So this is going to be kind of a wishy washy answer, but it's wishy, but it's not wishy washy. So I get from different podcasts and different nurses or providers or whoever I get different things from each of them and so there isn't particularly like one person that I say like wow they're really great I want to be like them or I want to have content like them but there are like little things that I take away from everybody that I'm like wow like you guys mm -hmm. I love how you guys um, you tackle things pretty head on. Like, I love that you'll pick a topic and then there's no beating around the bush. You guys really talk about these things. You dig in deep. Um, you're very, you're very candid about things. And I think that really makes these conversations count. You know, I feel like, and your guests really can get into what they want to talk about because there's not this whole, um, hinting at things. You just, you say what you mean. Other people I go to, like I love Katie Kleber's videos because um, like when I started precepting new nurses, I listened to some videos she did and it taught me one, two, three, four, five steps that I can take to like be a better preceptor. And I was able to listen to that before I went into a shift and take those tips and actually put them into action. You know, different, different people I get different things from them, like with uh, Dr. Steve. I took away from that show the ability to like close the door with a patient and sit down and say, okay, this is not the most glamorous conversation, but like Vegas, what happens in the hospital stays in the hospital. Right, right, so let's right. talk about that. I like that. Tell me what's happening when you're trying to go to the bathroom and nothing's happening. Like, let's talk about this. Let's get to the heart of it and figure out what I can do to help you. You know, so like I take different things away from different 
nurses. I think that that's what we need to do anytime we're reviewing content is like glean the little pieces that are important to us because right, no right. no one person is going to give us everything that we need. Um, some nurses, I'm like, well, you're you're a little too sing-songy sunshine for me or, you know, you're a little too um, business for me and I like to be a little bit more casual, you know. So you right, have to right, take yeah. those things and kind of pick and choose what works for you and make them into your, like, own recipe um, for you and your patients. Um, so those are I've, – I've just mentioned a few just off the top of my head, but those are ones – that I really think, you know, just like kind of come to me just without without putting too much thought into it. No, I know you're an avid podcast listener because you have talked about it and I know you've listened to ours and we listen to yours as well. And it's just great that we can come together, you know, like even though we are so far apart, we just have so much in common. And when I meet a podcaster now, I feel like I, I know the struggle. I know what you're going through. I know what it is to put out content week in and week out. Like it's hard. Yeah. There's been a few podcasts that I looked up to in the beginning and they've kind of faded away, but I still got a lot from them, you know, and when we were new and just trying to start out. And and I also know that we both started, like all of us started with no knowledge of yeah. audio recording or editing or using social media to like figure things out like we just kind of did it and my advice to anybody that wants to start a podcast is to just start like it doesn't have to be perfect you don't have to make it look or sound a certain way like you just need to do it and my first episodes like if you go back and listen to the nursing uncensored episodes chronologically the first ones sound like garbage I was literally recording them <laughs> with an app that recorded phone calls like on my phone. Like I started this podcast with my friends, Brad and Andrew. We literally recorded episodes while like Andrew was driving across the state of Wisconsin and the call <laughs> kept dropping. So we oh, just God. kept like piecing the, the, the bits of recordings together. Sounds terrible. So I think it's funny when like, I read iTunes reviews and it's like, your, your quality is terrible. Get a new mic. And I'm like, that episode is four years old. Like, yeah, this is a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. oh my goodness. We, you know? we understand the struggle. Absolutely. But, but it's true. It's like now, you know, I have like a fancy mic that I'm not even sure I'm using correctly. And I have, you know, a mixer <laughs> and I, I'm up. Yeah, I've upgraded and people are like, wow, the sound is so much better. Um, I interviewed the boot nurse recently. That episode will be coming up. And he was like, your sound is Gucci. And I was like, yes. That's But he said that he first went and listened to one of the earlier episodes and he was like, "Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's because when I started out, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I right, just knew yeah. I wanted to talk. The other thing I wanted to say about nursing podcasts is there's so much to talk about and there are so many different perspectives that I don't even feel a sense of competition among nursing podcasts because I know that we can all we can all be in this space and we can all do something different and we can all have a listenership because we're all hitting a little different, you know? And like, even if I just like, while we were talking, I just pulled up like my Apple podcast um, app and there's so much that I love to listen to. And some of the ones that I go back and listen to, you know, if I need tips or whatever, they're not even active podcasts. Maybe it's a podcast that I listen to and they stopped making episodes like four years ago or something like that. Um, I think that you should never rule out 
these like old episodes or these old podcasts because the content stands up for itself like even like old episodes that like nurse nicole did yeah like she's got some old episodes that are great i don't think the refreshments and narcotics podcast has done an episode since 2020 that's a great podcast i could go the womed they haven't put out a podcast in since march there are so many great podcasts and it's like it doesn't matter that they haven't put out anything recently go back and listen to it all um and that's in addition to you know, the stuff that's that's actively coming out now. Um, and sometimes there are podcasts that, you know, they put out content regularly, but they may have big gaps in between their seasons, like Fresh RN or, um, you know, content that Sean Dent puts out. Sometimes there's a big gap. They may not put anything out for months, but then all of a sudden they've got all these videos that come out and I'm like, yes, the drought has ended. Mm-hmm. There's more. But yeah, we're all doing such different stuff that I don't feel like, oh, no, they're back. Like, my numbers are going to drop. No, usually people are like, cool, like, I have all this content to listen to. I can go through and I can pick and choose what I want. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I think it's good that um, people, like nurses, listen to other nursing podcasts because it's your part of your continuous development and learning, right? So maybe even if you didn't take a formal course, you're still learning by listening to these podcasts and you're getting a lot out of it. And I think about all the time people spend commuting like you did, you could just easily just pop on a podcast and not really, you don't have to think, you just kind of listen and absorb it. Um, So this kind of segues into my next question about how um, I know that you moved recently to a new state and you started a new job on a new unit. What is it like being the newbie again? Like how how does that feel after all these years? So I knew it was going to be a challenge for me because even though I'm an an experienced nurse, I'm an anxious nurse. Um, Okay. I like to have, even though this is going to sound so like nurses are going to laugh and roll their eyes at this. I do like to have some sense of control in a sense that I like knowing who my providers are. Um, You know, I like knowing what to do in case of an emergency. Well, everybody likes knowing what to do in case of an emergency. That was kind of silly, but you know what I mean? Like feeling a sense of fluidity and fluency in the space that you're in. Now, people that don't need that are perfect travel nurses because they can just walk into a space and be like, I got it. I'm down. Um, But the biggest problem for me, I've noticed that I've got the nursing down. I can walk in. I can talk to my patients. I, you know, can talk to them about meds. I can do discharge education. That's no problem. I know how to assess a patient in Minnesota, in Iowa, in wherever. But the problem that I'm having is learning all of the providers, my CNAs, my LPNs, my coworkers, because everybody's got a mask on. When I learned who everyone was at my old hospital, nobody had masks on. (laughs) So they're like, that's doctor, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "I I will never be able to find that person. I'll never pick them out of a lineup. Like I learn people by their voices. So if they like have an accent or if they have a very distinct voice that helps, but that's been the biggest kind of like anxiety provoker for me. Somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, order the potassium protocol on this guy where, you know, we're going to, we're going to give him 12 bags of potassium today for his Kia 2.9. And I'm like, who are you? Like, <laughs> no, I hear that. I'm new. Are you, 
are you internal medicine? Are you, are you with urology? Like who, what's your name? Nice to meet right. you. Mm-hmm. You know, that nuance, I didn't even think about it. It didn't even occur to me that, you know, if you start a new job in the pandemic, especially in healthcare, everyone's masked. Like you just, yeah. you don't know who, who, who's who. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I think, no, your, your anxiety is not unfounded. <laughs> I can tell you that I'd be but, anxious too. But I really like my new hospital because even though there were things about my old hospital that I'm missing, um, that I think we did really, really well. There are some new things, some new bits of technology, new protocols, um, you know, nursing order sets that we didn't have that I'm like, oh, you mean I can just do that? I don't have to call five people first to make that happen. That's awesome. Or, um, you know, programs and protocols that we can run that like they have just ways of doing like heparin drips and uh, insulin drips and those kinds of algorithms and things that just I feel are a little safer and make more sense. So there are little nuances and processes that I'm like, oh, this is great. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, oh, the IV tubing sucks. I wish I had I wish I could like (laughs) grandfather in my IV tubing. from. So there's all these little things that I'm like, yay, boo, yay, boo. You know, it's like that all day long. But overall, (laughs) it led me to realize that like if you're in a place and you're feeling frustrated, burned out, if you have the luck to be able to go somewhere else you know for me it turned out to be a good thing um it made me realize that I'm capable enough that if I wanted to take a traveling position that I could do that um and I don't think that I would have been able to do that you know a few years ago so it it helped uh this move has helped kind of uh reinforce my own confidence and my own skills so we also have an iv mm-hmm. team at this hospital so my iv skills Ooh, are gonna go the out the window but i don't care i'm like yeah oh man no i i loved actually having i remember when i came into the hospital it was like again i started a new job and they're just like oh yeah like no we've got i an iv team because i was thinking about like oh these particular nurses should know this competency oh well they don't have to because there's like a whole group MLAs we call them medical lab assistants that come up and they do all the hard work. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, um, no, that's I had cool. a I had a patient whose port wouldn't draw. We were trying to draw labs off of their implanted port, and it just wouldn't. So I was, you know, trying to get the patient to like reposition, you know, move their arm. I call it the um, the port hokey pokey because you know you're trying to get them <laughs> get them to reposition so the port will draw, and it wouldn't. So after some reasonable trying, I was like, man, this is going to take all afternoon and. And then my preceptor was like, well, just call the the, um, the IV team. And I was like, oh, they do that too? So I was like, yeah, they'll come up and do it. And they like TPA'd the line and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't have to spend 45 minutes. I can go on and continue doing my assessments. That's amazing. So it's, it's life-changing, it right? It is. And, you know, I, yeah. I don't, even though, you know, I'm talking very happily, um, I'm also, you know, acutely aware of the fact that like we still have um you know covid numbers rising and there's there's a lot of unpretty stuff happening in the hospitals but i'm trying to be grateful for 
for what good things are happening around me. So I don't want anybody mm-hmm. listening to be like, well, I'm glad you're having a good time because I recognize that it is pretty, um, pretty difficult in a lot of places, even, even around yeah. me, you know, I'm, I'm working among nurses that are working with COVID patients as well. So, yeah, but it's great that you like, you recognize what kind of nurse you are, because I think I'd be the same way. I'd be comfortable with actually taking care of patients but it's like the minute you leave that room it's where is stuff like I'm terrible with directions so it's like where where are the supplies like how do I chart this who do I call and it's like all these intricacies that make you feel like you know what you're doing even though you know the you know the patient care part it's just everything else that makes you kind of feel like you don't know what's going on yeah um, one thing that I used to do, I don't think I ever told you this, Amy, but when I would start a new hospital, I would literally have a notebook and I would write down people's names and what they looked like to help me remember. <laughs> so I'd be like, Adrian, awesome long blonde hair, or like Amy. I'd, I'd write down what people look like, but you can't do that anymore. I, I don't even know, like, would you just kind of look down, try and catch a glimpse of their name tag to figure out who they were? Or would you just have to be like, sorry, what's your name? When you when you don't know someone, I mean, I've had to a couple times be like, "I'm sorry, I'm new to this hospital. Can you please tell me what team you're with?" And some people are really nice about it, and some people are like, "I'm blah blah blah," and then they like go on about. It. Most people have been very nice though, um, because they know there are a lot of people orienting right now. They're aware that the hospital is you know ha- is has a lot of new hires. Um, but the other funny thing is, is that in my cohort, I was the only non-new grad and so there have been a few people that have talked to me like you know I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground and so um I've had to just kind of bite my tongue and just say okay thank you for telling me that even though I'm like I've been doing this longer than you um but that's (laughs) not what's important like it's not a you know it's not a like a measuring contest here so most of the time I'm just like okay thank you for showing me Um, but there was, uh, like the, uh, one of the fellas who worked, uh, for the IV team was trying to like, show me how to troubleshoot this port after he had to come up like the third time to try to draw off of it. And he was like, let me show you. And I was like, sure. And just let me let you know, you know, we tried this and this and this. And he was like, great, then I don't have anything to teach you. It sounds like you did everything right. I appreciate that. Or, you know, I had somebody else say like, I was giving a report and she was like, you don't sound like a new nurse. And I kind of giggled and I was like, well, I'm, I'm not. Thank you. <laughs> so it's so weird how up. they would equate. Yeah. It's weird how they would equate that you're new to the location versus new as in terms of an experience. And I, right? I think it's just because, you know, there are a lot of brand new grads coming in and, you know, they can only see this much of my face. And I don't know, I guess that's good. I guess that means that my forehead Take it as a totally comment. wrinkled up. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're too funny. <laughs> I still have stress acne. They're like, oh, you young. <laughs> stress acne, please. <laughs> It sounds like you're having a really good experience. So that's always the positive side, right? Yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much, Adrian, for coming on the Gritty Nurse podcast. Um, but yeah, like it's always a pleasure. And I mean, anytime, like you got to come back again, I'm sure. <laughs>